0: Hey, you found Other Things With. I'm Kenny Price, your host. I'm so excited. This is the inaugural episode of our podcast, Other Things With. It's the audio track from our YouTube channel program. The easiest way to find the program on YouTube channel is to go according to the program episode name. This is Other Things with Mindy Obenhaus. Mindy Obenhaus is a Christian novelist. She writes under the Harlequin Love Inspired banner. And she's written a ton of books and she did a great job. You're going to be encouraged and inspired. That's the whole point of other things with. It's conversations that encourage and inspire. And my friend, you know today is a day where we need encouragement and we need inspiration. And that's our goal. So hopefully, I feel like today we absolutely hit the goal. And so listen to Mindy. It's about an hour long. Be sure and tell your friends about this new series. You're going to be inspired and let me tell you i've been the one that produced and and uh, basically uh, hosted this thing but i've watched the video and i've listened to the audio and it really is two different experiences so what's cool is the audio will give you the capability to listen to other things within your car on your way to work going to the beach whatever but also the the video program is a whole different experience so i would invite you to check out both It's going to encourage you. It's going to lift you up and it's going to inspire you. Anyway, here is Other Things with Mindy Obenhaus. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want you to welcome Mindy Obenhaus, who is with us on Other Things. Mindy is an award-winning author who is passionate about touching readers with biblical truths in an entertaining and sometimes adventurous manner. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. She traces her love of romance back to the first time she saw Cinderella. Little did she know that one day she would be penning her own love stories with faith, family, and happily ever afters. A mother of five and grandmother of eight, almost a grandmother of nine. Is that correct?
1: Great-grandmother.
0: Great grandmother. Great <laughs> grandmother. Okay. A great grandmother. She's too young to be a great grandmother, but we'll, we'll let her have that. But Mindy resides on a ranch in Texas with her husband, two sassy pups, countless cattle, deer, and the occasional coyote mountain lion and snake. And let me say right up front, you can learn more about Mindy and her books at her website. And she's got a really nice website. Got a lot of information on there at www.MindyObenHouse.com. But Mindy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Kenny. It's nice to be here.
0: Well, you are the inaugural guest. You're the first guest.
1: Oh, no pressure.
0: I noticed behind you that you have several of your book cover. Do you call those covers or jackets? What do you call those?
1: Uh, but what's behind me is what we call a cover flat.
0: A cover flat. Okay. Uh-huh. And they cut they cut that or fold that around the actual book, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And um, okay. so, yeah, there's more above that and there's more scattered throughout my office.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to talk about uh, your, your writings here. It's amazing. Uh, I'm so encouraged. But uh, you've published thirteen books to date. Now that's not counting the other books to where you're co-author and and compilations uh, that are also out there on the market. But you've published thirteen books to date, and uh, let me say they're all a part of the Harlequin Love Inspired uh, publication series. Mm -hmm. And also, she's found Mindy is found everywhere on Amazon, on Walmart.com. On Target.com, they already already show some of her books that are to be released. You can pre- pre-order those. And also on Amazon, she's both in print and in Kindle, uh, which mm-hmm. is huge. But it breaks down. And then This is just to give you as the viewers a little understanding background. She has the Bliss Series, Texas, which is right now a set of four volumes. The Rocky Mountain Heroes Series, which is five volumes. And then she has several standalone books. Those are four volumes. She's received the American Christian Fiction Writer's Carol Award as a finalist recognition several times on several of the books. Also, the 2020 Holt Medallion Award winner for Short Inspiration. And uh, we're going to talk about that book here in just a minute. Also, the Faith, Hope and Love Reader's Choice Award. Uh, she was the winner in 2020 for a Short Contemporary Book. But uh, let me ask you for just a minute, and we don't have time to go through all the books but I did actually read, uh, the one I can't have the title in front of me about the, 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 the man who finds out he's a father. And, uh, so i get a little bit of a taste of, of your writing style and, uh, the sincerity. And as a fellow Texan, I can say that I definitely sense the, the whole Texas atmosphere in your writing. But let me ask you about the book and I actually can't see it in the lights here. Um, the one where you won the uh, short inspirational award, the Holt medallion award for her Colorado cowboy. What, what do you think it is about that particular book that, that stood out that, that uh, others who, you know, give accolades said, Hey, this is, this is a a, a writing worth looking into.
1: You know, I honestly don't know. Um, And there can be a story that I really, really think is going to do great. And, and I don't want to say it falls flat, but you know, it doesn't get, quite the reception. And then others that I think are maybe lesser, you know, do real well. That one um, has Harlequin has actually repackaged that in a two for one or a two in one anthology and stuff. And they use, I think one thing about that was the cover <laughs> in turn that's in terms of sales. Now that obviously in contests, they don't necessarily look at the covers they're reading the book. Um, but I just, I. I try to put my heart into them and put myself into the character's shoes, into the character's heads and just try to let the reader to experience things with them. And I want, I want the characters to be real. I don't want them to be um, cardboard cutouts. And, you know, we um, if it's somebody that they can relate to, them it just uh i don't know you just and contests i will say are very subjective too
0: <laughs> well sure but i think it's something to actually be recognized for anything uh you know it's a very competitive world and for someone to stand back and to say hey this this book is worth reading and so the all uh, the people watching they can actually find that out on uh, especially on uh, some of the different websites to where they show uh, the, the awards that your books have, have uh, received. Also, I had another question. There's another book that actually um, was the winner for Faith, Hope and Love Reader's Choice Award in 2020 for Short Contemporary, Reunited in the Rockies. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of, of the uh, Rocky Mountain Heroes series. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So was her Colorado Cowboy. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, okay. So so uh, so, so both of those were part of the, the Rocky series. Yes. So, anything special about that that stands out in your mind?
1: You know, and it, it, okay, here's what's kind of something kind of funny. So, both of those books were entered into the same contests, and one won one contest, and the other one won another contest. <laughs> so, I don't, it, it like I said, it really depends on how the people react to it. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know who, who, um, how it's going to touch the judges that are reading those particular things. Um, like I say, I do try to put a lot of emotion into my books, mm-hmm. and and that's where we connect with people. And so if it if there's something there that resonates with somebody, then you know obviously they're going to walk away um, either feeling really good, or which. Yeah, when you write happily, when you write happily, when you write romance, you have a happily ever after. And so you would hope they walk away smiling. You know, that's my thing is to close a book and just to have that contented sigh when I'm finished. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, I sense but- that. And the book that I had the opportunity to read, um, it was encouraging. It was realistic. It dealt with some difficult subjects in a, in a, in a, I guess you would say, an, a Christ honoring way. And uh, yet you didn't escape the issues. And so there's a very much a reality to it. It was interesting reading the reviews on Amazon, uh, a lot of astounding reviews and a lot of reviews. And so uh, what you share uh, is what I read. The people say that that you're hitting the mark and that uh, they've inspired and can't wait for the next book to come out. So uh, I think you'd be congratulated for that. And it's inspirational, Mindy, because especially in the backdrop against what we see happening in our culture, that you are an example that something can be done with excellence, something can be done with good taste and approach difficult subjects but not have to go bad, you know, in in a negative way and uh, the hope that things can resolve and have a happy ever after.
1: Christians don't live perfect lives. Um, Some people think we do or that we're supposed to be, but we make mistakes too. And, um, you know, the good news is that we have a God who forgives us. And, um, I just, this is a little off off point here, but I, we we've been watching the chosen season two and we've kind of rewatching it. There's one scene in there where Mary Magdalene has wandered away from Jesus. And I mean, physically and emotionally, and it just, she regrets it she comes back she can't she's afraid to look at him because she knows that she turned her back on him and yet jesus just looks at her and says you're forgiven and that just created such a picture in my mind of how god is with us we're afraid to come back to you know we know we messed up we're afraid to come back to him sometimes And he's just waiting for us. And when we do and we look him in the face and he just says, you're forgiven.
0: That's excellent. And I think that comes through in your writing, that sense of redemption.
1: Absolutely. We'd be, well, obviously we'd be lost without it. And it's not a one and done.
0: And I'm thankful for that. Let me ask you, um, in correspondence with you, you mentioned that you were in a deadline and this is just kind of looking forward of getting a book in. And and like I said, Target already shows that you have a couple of books to pre-order, but can you give us just a little bit of background on, on what God is doing in your life and where you're taking your stories, uh, the titles and not, not the whole synopsis, but just kind of a heads up on uh, where you're headed.
1: Oh goodness. Well, it's, uh, uh, got a new series that will be coming out in May. So that's what, I, or in September, i sorry, will be the first book coming out. And so I'm actually working on book three, just the deadline was book two. I just got that turned in, uh, in that series. And that's the one that'll be out in December. Um, mm-hmm. And it's honestly, these, there's some, the first book is a little heavier. The second one, after writing some, some more challenging things, the second one, I was like, this one is kind of a little more lighthearted. And i Am I missing something, God? Is this Is this what you want me to do? But you know, there always has to be conflict in there, so it will still be in there. and uh, so yeah, it's just it's interesting to build a community and and see the flaws that people have and and of course, we like to highlight those flaws and uh, and then find a way to redeem them.
0: Now, you said an interesting word. And I think you mean this in reference to your writing that, uh, to build a community is, were you talking about your writing?
1: I was talking about the stories, building the, the fictitious community within the story and the characters. Uh And, uh, you know, as I live in a, in a very small rural community here in Texas. And so, um, I, it's, there's just, you, you find You've got all kinds, you've got quirky characters, you've got uh just, I don't know. I just, there's people, uh there's even some people that you probably know from when we went to church together, that huh. <laughs> have showed up in a couple of books,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> not
1: personally, but I have used them as um, their characteristics. And this well, was, this was in a good way, not a negative way.
0: <laughs> there you go. But you know, I think I'm inspired by that because the word community to me right now is very important, especially the past two and a half years of what we've been through, and and Mindy, that's also why we've launched the other things with Mindy Open House, because even though this is a, it's really a kind of a, a single dimensional aspect. You know, they pull up their 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 laptop or their phone, and they watch this interview. But in a very real way, the power of the conversation does develop community and people feel inspired, people feel connected. And to me, that's very important. And uh, then also the fact that you made yourself very available through email, through your website for people to reach out uh, to me, that says even more about who you are. Also that aspect of community that pours over into your whole uh, life as an author, as a, as a person, let me ask you um, real quickly. I know we need to kind of keep things moving along. But uh, let me get back over here to my sheet my cheat sheet here. Uh, I have to come through, but uh oh, a side note, you mentioned the covers and that how some of the people like certain covers you've got really cool covers, and the question is, where does that come from? How do you get those?
1: uh Well, fortunately, Harlequin has a really marvelous art department. <laughs> And, but we do have to give them input. Uh, I usually have to provide them with uh, three scenes that are in the book, and I have to describe them and what I envision. And then sometimes they listen to me, and sometimes they don't. So <laughs> I, I just I never know what I'm going to get. But um, but I've I've been fairly pleased. And actually, in the la- since I start probably on about book. Oh, let's see, that was. If you'll notice how these are here, these start being mm-hmm. different. They went to a different um, they had done a very in-depth study of what readers might like and stuff. so they they changed things up and then they're doing things different now. and so we just we authors just kind of try to go with the flow and give them mm-hmm. what they're looking for <laughs> in terms of information. And you know in fact i just I just got the cover for my September book today, and I don't have it where I can show it to you but I was very, very pleased with what they did with it.
0: Awesome. Now you saying that, let me get back here on this other sheet because target, I mean, tell me if these are the the books that are coming out, um, what well, target.com shows a pre-order ready for Easter on March Easter on the ranch, March 20th of 2023, March, November 29th, 2022, they're showing her holiday Lawman. Are those, is that information correct?
1: Those are both, uh, what they call an anthology. There's two books in one. And so they've mm-hmm. taken uh, each one of those will have one of my, a book that has already been published. Mm-hmm. And then they paired it with another author and another book. So the one is called Easter at the ranch. So it's two ranch stories that have Easter in there. And then of course the Christmas ones and both of the, is uh, actually a friend of mine who's uh, the second book in there. And they're both, the both stories are about lawmen. So
0: that's cool, and I did notice that uh, you have some books to where it's you. Is it a co-author? Where there's a couple of books? Are those the pairings?
1: That would be the pairings, yes.
0: The pairings. Okay, I didn't mm-hmm. know if you were beginning to do that, kind of like no, yeah, you know, like songwriters. You know, they'll get in the room, and <laughs> they'll springboard off of each other. But uh, well, let me ask you. Um, it's so cool, and and folks watching this show, there is a lot going on with Mindy. And like I said, she's all over the web. You just type her name and wherever you are, Walmart, Target, Amazon, uh, she's there. But uh you back when I first met you and I remember the the night we were at the Sunday School Fellowship and you were excited that you had your first uh what do you call that? Not the jacket, but the the flat.
1: The cover and flat.
0: Huh? You had the cover flat and you were so excited and you're sharing with people that I'm so excited, you know, this is this is the first book that's going to be published. And uh, I remember that. And that probably was around the, the, from what I can remember, if I get this correct, it's the doctor's family reunion. Is that correct? Was your first publication?
1: Yes. So that, and that was in
0: 2013. Right. Uh, Yeah. Amazon says September of 2013. And um, but real, just real quick. So it came out in September when did you actually finish that book? Was that all the way back in 12, probably, and then had to submit it? How long of a process from the time you submitted, did, then it came out on the September of 13? Just-
1: what? <laughs> that one, because it was my first, has is much different than, than the way I do things now, um, because when you, now I, when I submit a book, I submit a proposal, which is a synopsis of the whole book and the first three chapters, but back then, When I was, when you're first starting out, you have to submit an entire manuscript, and so um, I had uh, gone to a conference and I had met with an editor from Love Inspired, and she, I told her about the story, and she requested it. Now this was in September of '11 when I met with her. She wanted to see the manuscript, and so I got it ready and I sent it off to her. And she had told me, she said. You know, sometimes I don't get back right. If you don't hear anything, contact me. So probably about six months later, I contacted her and just touched base with her. And she said, well, I like the premise, but, uh, you know, I'd like to see some things changed in it. This just isn't working. And so she made suggestions and that's not a rejection, that's a revision. And so I made those changes and, um, and then I resubmitted it to her. And then she called me. So that was in 12. So in January of 13, she called me and said, um, I've read your story. It's not quite there yet, but I'd like to offer you a contract. Cool. And, you know, um, so I'm doing the happy dance all across my kitchen and at that point. And so um, I had to rewrite, of oh, probably about at least half of the book <laughs> based on her changes. And and I had like a month to do that in or a few weeks. Um, but I did it by the grace of God. <laughs> and, um, and then it was so that was January 13. And then the book came out of September 13.
0: That's, that's awesome. That gives everyone a context of the struggle that you actually went through just to get your first book published, and then also the intensity that exists in that process, I'm sure, from then on, right?
1: Absolutely. And even leading up to that, I started writing in 2004. Yeah, 2004 was when I started writing, and so it was a long time. Well, But I had a know, whole lot to learn, too. I you know, I didn't. I didn't know about the writing world.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, you share on your website in your bio that that uh, this was not something you set out to do in life, and that I believe you said I think it was at the age of forty to where you was it around that time that you began to uh, uh, feel inspired or moved to do that.
1: Yep. Yep. I would say yep. it took me till I was forty to figure out what I wanted to do, and I grew up. <laughs>
0: But real quickly, just give us a flyover view. And I know there's a lot that transpired from that moment. Uh, I believe when your mother came to, was she living with you or staying with you? Yeah, she
1: moved uh, from Michigan to Texas in 2003. And she, uh, my mom had always been an avid romance writer, reader. And um, I was not a reader. I did not like to read uh, mostly because I equated it with school. And I, I just didn't get that bug. And so, anyway, um, then she moved in with us, and she brought all these books, <laughs> boxes and boxes. And I said, "Mom, we can't keep all these." So as I'm sorting through them, I got intrigued, just like anybody else does. Well, this cover looks good. Turn it over, read the back, and well, that sounds kind of good. And well, anyway, that kind of where it started. Um, so I started reading, and you know, realized I had always. I blame it on being an only child, but I'd always been making up stories in my head. And so,
0: uh, you know, Isn't that something? So you were an only child (laughs) and, uh, that's a different world. It's a world I don't know. So, uh, did you find yourself as a child though, with a lot of uh, creativity going on inside?
1: Um, probably not like I should have had like the nothing. Okay. Yes, I had a lot of creativity. I had, like, I say, I had my imaginary friends, you know. Because if my friends, I mean, especially on Christmas, you know, friends, you know, they had to be with their families, and here I was stuck, and it was just me. I didn't have anybody to play my new toys with. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, there was. A, I, I'm pretty sure I had an imaginary big brother. I always wanted a big brother and a little brother, so uh, there was that.
0: Well, now I read one of your blogs to where now you have a six foot two son. So he's not your brother, but
1: he is, uh, yes, he's, he towers. I feel very tiny when he's around (laughs) and
0: that's cool. He's as tall as I would like to be. (laughs) Let me ask you, uh, in the flyover, you mentioned that, uh, there were some, some challenges that you faced and uh, obstacles or, or, uh, I don't know how you would want to look at that, but just maybe some things uh, that can just share the the struggles that you went through uh, that you overcame in order to fulfill your dream of being an author and, and being successful at this. Is, are there any, some kind of standout moments along the way that, that uh, we can glean things from?
1: Well, I can totally say from a, from a, a, uh spiritual standpoint um you know when i started right when i started writing um i really didn't know anything about christian fiction at all i didn't know it existed if it did all i could think of was uh, the little prairie romances and stuff and that was not me um and i had completed a manuscript it was terrible but i had completed one and um was had begun uh, learning the craft. I had gone to some writers meetings and joined some writers groups and God really began to work on me. And I just, it was, I, 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 I know the song Jesus take the wheel was part of it. And there's just little things that he put in my path and just, you know how sometimes you just know he's working on you and you try to ignore him and he, he doesn't, he doesn't mind if we ignore him. He just comes in stronger. But anyway, <laughs> I knew he was calling me to write for him. And I, um, I did not feel worthy of that calling. And so I argued with him. That didn't get me anywhere, <laughs> by the way. And uh, so ultimately, I just kind of said, okay, God, fine. But you're going to have to help me do this. And I'm pretty sure he got a chuckle out of that. So, um, but he did at the same time. You know, it was like, "Okay, oh, hey, there's some things I'd like you to kind of knock out of your life," and so I had to do that as well. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the rest of your question.
0: No, that, that's, <laughs> oh, you, that's, said that's...
1: Ma- you said marker markers, or uh, the other uh, significant thing was when uh it was in 2011 and i had um it was labor day 2011 and we had come down uh come down to our ranch and we were at our camp house and a wildfire broke out that weekend and it was the same weekend as the big bass drop fires when texas was on fire everywhere and we were evacuated and all this stuff well uh the following nothing happened uh we were we were Spared stuff, and we had come back down the following weekend, and the fire had compelled my husband to cut this branch because it was touching our camp house. Well, so my son and I are holding the ladder, and um, that branch did not come down right, and that knocked him knocked the ladder out from under him. He went down and uh, broke his back, and oh, mm. by the way, there's a mass on your kidney, they said. Okay. Well, so they thought he was hair flighted to Houston, and we thought he was going to have to have surgery. Ended up, he did not have to have surgery. It was a compression fracture, but mm-hmm. he wanted to know about that mass on his kidney. So they um, did a sonogram and, uh, or a, they did a, a scan, and they weren't too concerned about it. They said, "But you, you follow up with your regular doctor when you get home." So we did. So that was September, and well, okay. So start right there. He comes home, he can't walk, he can't get out of bed. I was supposed to leave on less than two weeks later to go to my annual American Christian Fiction Writers Conference. And um, I said, I'm not going to go because you can't walk. He was adamant that I was going to go to the point that he made me leave the house and go buy a dress for the gala that they have. And I did that and just said, well, okay, I'll do it. And I'll, I'll keep the receipt and I'll just take it back. (laughs) But he said, no, he was adamant. And so I'm scheduled to leave on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And as of Sunday or Monday, he still couldn't get out of bed by himself. And neither of our boys were driving. We're old enough to drive yet. And so he, you, you know, somebody's, your husband is behind you when he picks up the phone, and he calls your Sunday school teacher and says, "I need help." And he made sure I went. Well, that was the conference when I first pitched that first book to that editor, that ultimately ended up selling. Well, and, that's, uh, that's
0: that's awesome. Just God working, and uh, having that kind of support. And, uh, I know a very stressful time for you. And yet in the midst of it, God was actually working on his plan. Absolutely. And, uh,
1: and I will say, I uh, just a little addendum there. And then he, it turned out he did have, uh, he did have uh, a problem with his kidney. He ended up having kidney cancer and they took, so on November 3rd, no, November 14th, he had his kidney removed. The cancer was contained and then he developed um complications while he was in the hospital. He had a bl- developed a blood clot on his lung. Or he did, he, he, they just dis- trying to find out what was wrong with him, they discovered he had a blood clot on his lung. He ended mm. up spending in the hospital. But well, if it hadn't been for the fire, he wouldn't have been compelled to cut that branch. If he hadn't cut that branch, he wouldn't have broken his back. And if he wouldn't have broken his back, they would not have found that cancer. And if he hadn't had complications, He'd have gone home with a blood clot on his lung. It may not look like it, but God is always working on our behalf.
0: I I believe that many, I've seen that so many times in visiting with people in my ministry past. And they said, well, daddy, I remember one woman, you know, my father fell off the roof, almost killed him. And she said, and to top it off, they found out he has cancer. And I told her, I said, well, no, but it saved his life and i said absolutely. no he fell off the roof so that he would know he had cancer he didn't know and uh he survived and recovered from the fall but also they were able to do surgery and uh, you know save his life so i absolutely believe that's how god works many times and uh and i think that comes out in the way you write also the the fact that god is involved and i tell you mindy something that i, I hear in your your speech that i want to point out to our our, our viewers is uh, you hearing God, you feeling strong impressions from the Lord, not necessarily always audible words, but also the way that you see that God is at work, even in the difficult things that you personally in your own life experience. And to me, I think that's that's a fantastic way of viewing life.
1: Well, it doesn't come easy, and, but it's through those hardships and you, uh, you just go, you know what? He hasn't failed me yet. And, you know, I might look up and say, <clears throat> OK, I'm not liking this right now, what I'm going through, but I know you've got a reason for it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I do. That does transcend to my writing because we all have those things. And, you know, it's, it's just a part of life. And it's how we react to those things and how those things impact us that um, separates us. Mm-hmm. as Christians.
0: Well, let me ask you, this is something that's just coming to mind. It's a laborious task to write a book. I mean, it was hard for me just to write a, a paper for college, but in the middle of writing, do you find yourself refreshed? Are you um, stressed or, you know, in the process, is it a place, is a place that you go to for, um, I guess, just for refreshing or how, how do you feel when you're in that, in that mode?
1: all of the above. Um, there are days when I just feel like I'm banging my head against a wall. God, the words are not coming. Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I just, I literally have to step away because there's nothing. And then there's other days when I just, I know what's going to happen. And I just, my fingers can't fly fast enough. Um, but I, I have learned to, um, to remove myself from the process um sometimes i forget and i'll be struggling one of my writing and i got stop and i'll say i did it again Uh, because i tried to what i did was i forgot to pray and i try Mm. to pray every time i sit down to write just to ask god to remove me from the equation to just make me his vessel because i find that that when I'm not trying to push my own agenda and I'm doing what he wants me to do is when things tend to go a whole lot better.
0: That's cool. I mean, to me, I mean, I think you're describing the perfect creative process to where art is, you know, it comes out of you, but it's something beyond you. And uh, the fact that you really seek to empty yourself to where your mind's clear. And uh, it's almost like, uh, you're viewing the story with us. Do you ever feel that way to where, where you, you know, you see the story unfolding?
1: I do. And there's times when, you know, I think I know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden God will just, you know, make a sharp left turn and there we go. And I, I get done. I'm like, wow, I wasn't expecting that, but that was really cool.
0: <laughs> that's all. That's awesome. To me, that's the, that's the ultimate art. is to where you're surprised by, my things in the middle of it. Uh, let me ask you, 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 uh, um, real quickly here. I want to touch briefly on the Seekerville, the journey continues blog. Uh-huh. It, it looks like you do a pretty good job of actually posting that kind of on a regular basis. And, uh, it's a really cool website. How did you find out about that? And then also I want to ask you about, uh, real quickly, a couple of questions on your post, the many hats of an author, but how did you, how did you find that, that avenue of, of expression?
1: Well, Seekerville was okay. First of all, when writers go to conferences, we kind of, you know, we, we meet like-minded people, people who don't think we're weird when we hear voices. Um, so it's always <laughs> nice to, to, to hang around those people, but at any rate, Seekerville started, oh gosh, a long, long time ago. And it was, um, uh, it was because a group of ladies who an author's aspiring authors at the time who kept inter finaling and contests together and stuff and all so they got together and they started this blog well in 2018 late 2017 i guess a lot of them um, some of them wanted to uh kind of retired, they wanted to step away from the blog. And so that's why it's called The Journey Continues. And that was when I was invited to join them, me and several other ladies. Uh, So we're with, there's some that are original seekers and then some of us joined them. And it's, um, you know, everybody's published now, but we approach it. Well, we even have some publicists on there too. But we um, just, we talk about the craft of writing but then we also talk about day to day life. And obviously our faith is is a big part of that. So um, sometimes, you know, sometimes like my last post was, you know, much more, it was called growing pains. It was about God stretching us. You know, it's not just those kids, not just those growing pains we used to get as kids, but sometimes God decides he's gonna stretch us. And I I, typically when I write, I do it once a month. And when I write for that, I just kind of go, okay, where am I at right now? What is going on in my writing life or in my life in general? And so, yeah, you can tell he was stretching me recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's neat. And especially it's a, it's a, like an addendum to your writing so people can have a better understanding just what you just said about where are you in your life and what God is saying to you. Let me ask you on the, the uh, many hats of an author that you posted back in February. I thought this was really good and it's like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, six aspects of the hats. And you also kind of mentioned the fact that these are six hats, but there's probably, you know, there's more. But you talk about the writer hat, the editor hat, the marketing hat, the mail clerk hat, the mentor hat and the teacher hat. And uh, I I like what you say that the writer's hat is the working hat. And uh, you give a little bit of definition there. Uh, on the editing uh you've already kind of alluded to the fact that uh, you do have a, a editor from is it is i know the the, the series um uh, but is harlequin are they actually the the people that edit Or your editor are they a part of harlequin.com or harlequin
1: i have yeah my editor is um uh, yeah, I have an editor. I've actually had four editors. I'm on my fourth editor. I don't know what the deal is there. If they don't like me, or <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it's it's all been very normal. <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, I work closely with my editor because I have to um, when I have a, 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 a an idea for a new story, I typically will s- I, I send a proposal for a series. But then each story within the series, I have to send her a proposal in the first three chapters on, and she has to approve those. Um, before i can uh, you know finish up the book and so on and so forth although i generally keep but um so yeah and and the editor relationship uh needs to be it's it's a fairly close relationship but i have to be my own editor um before i send it off to her and my husband actually helps me too well he's great at typos (laughs) and some other things he'll say i know what you're trying to say here but this isn't right he didn't (laughs)
0: That's cool. You know, John Grisham, uh, his story of, of, of publishing, he wrote, he published 3,000 self-published *A Time to Kill, 3,000 copies and did library tours and he couldn't get a book deal. And he found out his, his uh, manager called him at Sunday school. He's a Sunday school teacher at the time uh-huh. and said, John, I found out that your book is being shopped in Hollywood for a book deal. What do you want me to do about it? He said, sell it to the highest bidder. This is a true story. <laughs> six hundred and sixty thousand and he said he couldn't get anybody to to publish him but what's interesting is his wife if i remember correctly is a grammar teacher English teacher and so she was his editor on that book but uh so it, it's helpful i think even stephen king his wife uh, used to do back when he was first starting um and i don't read stephen king books but i did read his book on on writing because i thought well this guy's right. published a lot what does he know about it very good book but that's cool so on the marketing hat uh, and it's encouraging. And I tell you, you, you're to be commended for the work that's happening from you and your team to get the word out about yourself, about your books, because you are found everywhere, I think, which is key in this world. Uh, you mentioned uh, people that are with Just Read Publicly tours, uh, that they've been a tremendous help, Carrie, Beth, and the rest of the crew uh, for helping getting the books out. But did you find out about them again through these seminars that you've gone to? These uh, support groups and and how, how did you come across them as a, as a people that you can connect with to help get your, your books out?
1: Actually them, I found out when, um, when I joined Seekerville because they had brought a couple of uh, Carrie and Beth and there was another gal, Annie had brought her on board and they were book bloggers. I was not familiar with book bloggers And, um, so that was kind of eye opening for me and I've learned a lot from them, but they, at the time they were just book bloggers. Now they have this, um, publicity company. And so they'll do, um, they do blog tours, they do uh, Instagram or bookstagram tours and various things. And so, you know, I was like, well, sign me up for that because I know nothing, you know, I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not a marketing person. And so I do struggle with it.
0: Just a side note, as I was just preparing for all this and and looking at your writing and reading one of your books, uh, that a side question, uh, have you ever thought about trying to see uh, connecting with like Hallmark? It seems to me that that what you write about and the the way you go about things would be a very good fit for that channel. I know with a lot of women that I know, we don't have cable here, but uh, not just women, but, but families that care about good programming that they have just massive series and a, a wonderful production facility. Have you ever thought about that or been approached?
1: Um, I have not been approached. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. We are all very well aware of Harlequin or of Hallmark. And um, uh, a lot of times that's how I will describe my books. I'll say, think about a Hallmark movie with a faith element to it. And um, I know some authors, I know, I don't know of a love inspired author, but I know of one who she wrote for another line with Harlequin because Harlequin has a ton of lines, some of which I will never read. (laughs) But (laughs) they, um, but she actually has, um, uh, uh, they made one of her books into a Hallmark movie. And, um, but that's, that's something that's purely up to Hallmark. And prior to COVID uh, Harlequin had actually, I don't want to say they started, they had partnered with a movie production company, and they were making a lot of Hallmark books. And actually, there was one, not Hallmark, Har- Harlequin books. And there was uh, a friend of mine who writes for Love Inspired, and one of hers was made into a movie. And, of course, they took out the faith element. And But, um, you know, as long as they're true to the essence of the story, that's okay. But, well, but no, I, I watch a lot of Hallmark <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just see that. And uh and they actually you,
1: they have a publishing wing too. They
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think about guys like uh, Dallas Jenkins, who is innovative in the way he's getting his 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 movies and his work to the screen. And mm-hmm. I hope guys like him increase because definitely, I mean I could see a Dallas Jenkins having a whole subset of uh movies that are that are you source fundraise uh raised you know, material mm-hmm. but uh, to take your series and, and bring them to life and actually the scripting wouldn't be that difficult because you've got a, a robust dialogue going on between the characters so anyway i hope you know and like you said i realize a lot of times you don't have control over that but at the same time to me it seems like a natural fit especially with the the media starving world that we live in they want content and you've already got the content here uh yeah. just moving on real quickly here we got about seven more minutes if i'm looking at i'll oh, make 12 yeah um but uh i'm just inspired because of all the things that you do uh, to get the job done and you make a comment uh, right at the very end you say being an author entails much much more than just writing and can you just give a little vignette because I can guarantee you, Mindy, there are a lot of people that feel like that they have a book inside them, Mm -hmm. but yet, and and I'm one of them. It's like, I've got all these titles of books and I've got the whole kind of subset and uh, I'm 62 years old. And my wife is saying, when are you going to, when are you going to write your book? And so, you know, I'm personally inspired by talking to you today. And, um, but just give a brief, you know, overview, um, just anything you want to share about that because of your, your transparency that if you want to be an author, there's a lot more and this article covers that, but anything that you want to just stand out as a word of encouragement, perhaps to someone who's watching, who says, I, I've got a book inside me. What would you say to them?
1: I would say, um, now a lot of the stuff I, you know, if you're talking about that blog post of the many hats of an author, a lot of those you don't need to worry about initially. When you're, if you want to write, I highly recommend finding a good writers organization. Um, I highly, highly recommend American Christian Fiction Writers. And there are a lot of people who are members of that who write nonfiction as well. But it is an excellent source for learning the craft because you have to learn the craft you can have the best story in the world in your head and you can put it on paper, but if it doesn't read well, you know, so there's certain things that you have to learn. You know, when I first started and people throwing out all these acronyms, you know, POV, what is that point of view? Well, okay. Why didn't you just say that? That kind of thing. But there's a lot of things that need to be learned. And I I just, I honestly, if it wasn't for American Christian fiction writers, I probably wouldn't be published. Um, but they have an annual conference. But they also have local chapters where you can learn, and then they have uh, online resources and online um, courses as well. And it's not a very—it's not a real expensive uh, annual thing. But um, so then through that you meet a lot of friends, and iron sharpens iron. And so you have people that you work with early on. I had a lot of critique partners. We would read each other's stuff. And, you know, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. So, um, you you know, you share things a little bit at a time and it just, it takes time to grow as a writer. Um, I thought I could just, if it was just a book that I could get and it just have all the things, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And that didn't happen. (laughs) There's a lot of books out there, but it it is a growing process too.
0: So, what I'm hearing is uh, the organic connections of community with other people striving to be a part of the same thing, doing the same thing uh, has really been helpful and inspirational to you then. Is that kind of summarize yes. it?
1: And even before COVID, we had an online community, but then obviously when COVID hit, everything went to online. And so um, it's, it's even easier now. And um I have another group of friends that writer friends through another organization that, um, we, uh, it's just a handful of us, but we're all in the Oklahoma, Texas area. And so we zoom once a month and it's just a good accountability, uh, thing to just make sure we're staying on task. And if anybody is having problems with anything.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that word accountability. So, um, so there's some time within those meetings or that, that particular meeting you're talking about to where, uh, discussion back and forth. How are things going? Were things moving forward? Are you, are you reaching writer's block or stuff like that? Is what, is that what you mean?
1: Right. Like I say is this one is mostly just encouragement, but, um, but yeah, an accountability partner is always good. I think your wife would be a really excellent one for you based on what <laughs> you told me.
0: Yes. I know. <laughs> and, uh, I, I tell you the, the, the podcast that I do, which, by the way, for those of you watching this on video, on our YouTube channel, uh, it, this is also going to be available as an audio podcast on our anchor uh, w- uh, website, or anchor show, uh, other things with. And so I'm excited about that. I'm actually on Acast as well. Another podcast that I have called Gwatt. Rock, Sky, the World, and Other Things. And this video program is a subset of that but anchor I'm excited. I found out that anchor is actually on my Spotify. So they have a tremendous reach. And, uh, for those of you who want to do podcasting anchor is totally free. And I, I questioned them through a, a, a chat thing. I said, like, I'm not understanding this. And they said, basically, sir, for us to post your podcast, it costs us. It's like cents. <laughs> so they're looking for, for, uh, uh, content. So, we have that going but i'm excited because there are a lot of people also mindy who they want to listen to this while they're driving to work in the morning and the rush hour traffic so they're going to have that capability as well but in closing as we wrap things up i think we're going to actually come in basically right on time we got six minutes so uh, if there's anything else that's on your mind I, I don't think we're finished with our conversation but i am trying to do to do well in honoring your time and uh, not going over. I I think you know me well enough from our past that uh, I don't suffer from, you know, lack of speech. And so I want to be honoring of your time. And so uh, definitely I would like to come back if you're open to that, Uh, probably when your, your new releases come out your next book and uh, we can camp out on that and give some time to the, to the book and give us kind of a synopsis and an overview and also how things are going since this conversation. But um, I want you to just share with us, with the audience, if there was one piece of advice that you can impart, that what would that be? Just kind of something to leave people with.
1: I would say, if you feel that God is nudging you to do something, do it. It's chances are, it's not going to be easy. But I have learned through trial and error that it's it's easier to do it his way. And the, I don't know if reward is the right word, but there's just been times when he, I've, you know, I've known God was wanting me to do something. Um, I think I gave you an example of uh, my fourth book or my fifth book. There was something he wanted me to do. I wasn't going to do it. It just, it was going to be very emotional. I didn't want to do it. And I kept, no, no, no. I had to rewrite that book three times. And the third time was when my editor came back and said, we're going to have to move your pub date out because this just isn't working. I said, will you give me 30 days? I I think I know what I need to do. And she said, okay. Sat down, looked at my husband. I said, go buy stock and Kleenex. (laughs) And I said, okay, God, I will do it your way. I knew it was going to be very emotional and that's what I didn't want to do. And so, um, I did, I rewrote that book in 30 days and I sent it to her and within a week, which is unheard of, but within a week I heard from her and she said, I love it. I have no changes.
0: That's and
1: fantastic. I, and that just killed me rewriting that book so many times, but it was a learning lesson. If I had just done it God's way first and there's been since then, there's a lot of things that he's wanted me to do in my writing that I've been like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. Okay, fine, I'll do that. <laughs> so, um, and, and in the end, it's always worth it. Amen. Because I, I will tell you on that on that story that I struggled with, I, I had I received a letter from a reader later who just, she went on to tell me how that book had given her hope. Um, She was struggling with something in her life and she said that that book gave her hope and it just brought tears to my eyes. I said, God, if that is that one person that I wrote that story for, that you had me write that story for, then it was all worth it.
0: That's fantastic. I think that's a great note to wrap up this session on. And uh, as we close out, I just want to remind our viewers that um, there's a bunch of ways to connect with Mindy, and they're all go- going to be on the website and uh, MindyOpenHouse.com. Her email is Mindy at MindyOpenHouse.com. That's simple, and uh, her Instagram. The most,
1: the most challenging part is learning to spell Open House.
0: Open House, yeah, that's O B E N H A U S, <laughs> and uh, Instagram is the same thing. Just uh, Instagram.com forward slash Mindy Open House, and Facebook the same thing. Uh, just .com forward slash author Mindy Openhouse, all one word, author Mindy Openhouse. But Mindy, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And with that, this is a wrap of show number one. And to our viewers with this, I bid you peace.